Welcome to Discuss Detroit, where we have conversations with small business owners, community leaders, and Detroit residents about the city that we love. To watch video of these conversations, visit thecityinstitute.com slash discuss Detroit or follow City Institute on YouTube. Now for today's show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Discuss Detroit. I'm Jeanette Pierce with the Detroit Experience Factory and City Institute. I'll be your host today. And our amazing guest is Allison Jones from the Detroit Sound Conservancy and Source Booksellers. Hi, Allison. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining today. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm so excited to talk with you because there are just so many different projects uh, that you're involved in and they're all um, so interesting and so important to the city of Detroit. And uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and give us your two minute life story. My two minute life story, let's see. Well, it starts in Detroit, I'm a native Detroiter. I'm a product of Detroit Public Schools. I went to Spelman College for um, undergraduate. I studied um, philosophy there. I returned to Detroit and I learned to be a teacher. And so I taught for quite a while in the elementary classroom. And at the same time, my, um, my family was running a bookstore um, since my high school years, I guess. Um, and I have also just taken that on um, more and more throughout the years. Um, and I blended my philosophy and teaching to create a program called Searching for Telos, which teaches um, reason, reason, reasoning skills and logic to um, children. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, and so how did you get involved with the Detroit Sound Conservancy? Well, for a long time, as you can see my photos behind me, I'm a jazz head. And so I love jazz and um, Heart, bebop and, and hard bop and definitely um, from my high school years to my college years just kind of immersed myself in the history um, of jazz and tried my hand at, um, at jazz drumming and so um, it, when I learned about um, the Detroit Sound Conservancy I said well this is interesting maybe I can contribute um, some of what I know about the jazz um, history of Detroit and also support all the other music that I love, which would be um, blues and um, rock and, and really whatever Detroit produces, I try to listen to. So um, definitely um, I was taken in by Lavelle and Carlton and I'm just staying for the bluebird. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, really quick for folks that might be uh, new to some of this conversation, uh, could you talk a little bit about bebop, hard bop? Uh, these might be newer terms uh, for folks that okay, are so you, into you, that era of music. When you think of the music like Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, um, that would be that that music that sound is more like bebop it has a swing to it um and usually there's like a bass and a drum um and and some melody and harmony of horns on top and so that um has a lot to do with um bebop and it was really popular in the 40s and the 50s 
And then the late 50s um, on, I think, to the late 60s, maybe 70s was hard bop. So what was swinging got a little more fast, fast. Um, and Elvin Jones would be like an example of that on the drums yeah. where it's like Speedy Gonzalez or Miles Davis, you know, really went into hard bop as well, where, where he also branched off into his own cool jazz, which was a whole nother thing. Um, and that happens when there are disruptors in music, like um, Lee Morgan um, coming in and kind of, kind of being excellent or whatever and then you see Dizzy Gillespie say oh I'll do this Cuban thing and I'll do this cool thing and so they all have a thing to do and they don't have to be competing you know in hard boxes yeah yeah that's awesome well and that was a really big part of the bluebird so tell people about the bluebird and I think it's amazing how um we haven't heard about it as much as maybe we should uh, in 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 the uh, mainstream of Detroit conversation, I should say. That's true. It was really nestled into a, a Detroit community over on Tireman um, Five. Go, we can go see where where it's at. Yes. So this is the historic Bluebird Inn, and we'll zoom out a little here so people can see where we're talking about um, Tireman here, just between uh, the I ninety four nine ninety six. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can see um, right right here. And this and it's still there thanks to Detroit Sound Conservancy. So tell us about it. So the, the Bluebird was um, very active in the late 40s, hosting um, so many people, Charlie Parker, Miles Davis. It was just a place for... Um, for music in the bebop era um, and very important to um, names like Pepper Adams and, and these different, um, not only Detroiters like, um, like Yusuf Latif or people like that, that were actually from Detroit or Harold McKinney that could just go to the Bluebird and play, you know, at the Bluebird. It would really attract international people um, and musicians. Um, to come to the Bluebird. Um, See Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Sarah Vaughn, Char Charlie Bar Parker. Yeah. Uh, some of them. This is, uh, I'm just showing this, uh, this article because it has some great photos in it. Yeah. And it was a little place. It was a little yeah. place. But it really did become the place to be um, to, to play music at that time and to be known. People would, would go there even to get a little something to eat and to listen to music. Um, and this is, and Detroit Sound Conservancy, uh, which is a nonprofit, uh, mm -hmm. and you are on the board of uh, Detroit Sound Conservancy, right? Uh, you guys bought the building. So this is a picture. Tell us a little bit about this picture. So this picture was a celebration, really, of um, securing the building, not preserving it, because our, our mission is really to preserve the musical heritage of Detroit. Um, but we also have this great need to put our artifacts somewhere. <laughs> so it's like, come on, everybody, we're going to have a home at some point. So right now, we have um, a jukebox, we have the Bluebird stage, which was on we would take it different places and people like Ello Black would perform on it. And that would sort of help us raise money for the organization and ultimately 
um, support. Yep, there it is. Support um, the kind of raising awareness of the bluebird, having this part of the bluebird saying that you, you know, someone could play on it yeah. just the way Charlie Parker played on it. And soon it will be in its home again um, when we're able to re restore the building. Um, we've put the bluebird back and also our other artifacts. Okay. So what, what a cool concept too. I mean, how innovative to have a mobile uh, historic stage, right? And take when you couldn't bring people to the Bluebird, uh, that you could take the Bluebird to people. Um, that is so awesome. And this photo here on your website uh, at DetroitSound.org is obviously in the Detroit Institute of Arts, or no, it's the public library. Public library. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, I just just glanced and I was like, and I always mm -hmm. tell people on tours that Detroit Public Library is really a museum in and of itself, you know, and a lot of people think, oh, I don't need a book. I don't need to go there. And I'm like, no, you have to go there uh, for so many different things. How amazing. Uh, what a great, great concept. Speaking uh, of the Detroit that. Library, the Hackley Collection, the Azalea Hackley Collection, mm -hmm. um, has been a source there at the Detroit Library. Okay. Um, for a long time, there are little, um, if, if you go to it, there's music that you could, you know, like they have music, but also the librarians clipped every outing or you know if someone was at the bluebird at seven o'clock on this day they have a clipping from the newspaper um if someone passed away you know like sarah vaughn or something they'd find a way to get their funeral program or something and then catalog it um so detroit has a great history of trying oh, to preserve yeah. music in detroit and then the music that came through detroit yeah uh, and so um, what is, so the Bluebird right now, um, you guys, you've, so you bought it in 2018 and uh, kind of secured it. And so put the stage back in there. So is the stage going to stay there now? Oh, no. So <laughs> in 2020, we yeah. got um, the historic district. Yes. The designation. Um, through the city. And so that was sort of like to buy time because we read the still... whole report here i found um too i love you find a lot of information in the um mm -hmm. in the reports uh of, you know of all the different significance and so that is and here's a um a program from the bluebird yeah some other ones anyway sorry um okay. I thought it's okay when, you know um, if anyone's looking you know if you're if you find the historical designation that's where people it's kind of like the summary right of yeah uh, all the different you know what makes you know when someone's applying for historic designation they say this is what makes this place amazing why it should be historic uh mm -hmm. and so it's um a really awesome awesome read that we'll also uh maybe link to thank you so the building is not in its best shape and we're going to have to put on a roof in order to put our artifacts inside. Um, so we still have everything in storage or in a, um, a location that, that, that you know, is willing to hold it that's safe. Mm -hmm. um, but we definitely are working on a campaign um, called um, Raise the Roof. <laughs> let's raise the roof and um that could you could find that on detroit sound conservancy yeah. um that effort to do that nope this one here we go so yeah right so first of all um you have this the project here um, mm -hmm. 
beeping at the Bluebird Inn. And there's this great video people um, can watch too. Uh, and then it has all the updates so people can stay up to date. And of course, there's also uh, the support, the donate, the subscribe, uh, patron, mm -hmm. all of the the ways on here to do that. So, so it was just October that the city council voted uh, to uh, officially make it a historic district. And then this is where that report is here that you can see the final report. Mm -hmm. um, so in December, the notification of enactment, yay. yay. So we're talking just <laughs> a little bit ago. So that was our holiday present. Yes, that's a great present. Awesome. Um, so, um, so then the so obviously fundraising is the biggest part and friend raising and mm -hmm. you know this is important so important to Detroit and Detroit's history, uh, especially with so many of the other venues um, in Detroit's music history being you know were destroyed with the destruction of Black Bottom and Paradise Valley. Um, and uh, I mean it's interesting that it is over it was in you know on the west side instead of the east side and mm -hmm. it's actually what saved it, you know, uh, likely. Um, and but the world loves and appreciates Detroit music as well, right? I mean, obviously everyone knows Motown, but there's so much more. And mm -hmm. so often people, I feel like Detroiters sometimes don't even know our own the own our own history or how or we take it for granted because we've always just had great music around, yeah. right? Uh, and then I will talk to someone from England or Germany or, you know, China, and they want to know, you know, oh, tell me about the Bluebird and the average Detroiter might not know about the Bluebird. So have you had, um, have you had interest uh, from people not from Detroit in supporting Detroit Sound Conservancy? I don't want to, I don't want to give a, a wrong story, but I know that Carlton had like an international partnership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and it did have to do with, you know, preserving venues. Absolutely. Well, I think, I think it'll be a great way to kind of get the word out, you know, again, locally so important. And then, but there is a world audience uh, for Detroit's music, obviously. Yeah. And that's why we're doing the Detroit music uh, virtual tour series as well as to just even let people know both locally and, uh, and non-local about some of the great history that we have here in Detroit. Yeah. And if I could just say too about jazz, yeah. that in Detroit public schools, there was a, a, um, an effort to have a music program, a band program for the um, sports teams, and also a jazz component. And up until the mid 90s, a lot of New York um, musicians were from Detroit, mm -hmm. um, James Carter, and others before him. Yeah. Um, we're, we're still fueling the sound of, of jazz. Um, well, I mean, that, yeah. that's our blessing and a curse is that, that we have such amazing talent, but then a lot of it does leave to go other places. I think we're starting to see that, that change or that it's easier to, to come back or to stay connected certainly with, um, you know, the internet and social media, like we can know, oh yeah, that's a Detroit artist. Uh, but it's, um, I don't know, it's, again, it's great that people have, are from here, but we, I wish they would, more of them would stay, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, again, it's good to go and get success, and then hopefully we, we bring them back. You know, I had, um, I'm not a musician or musically inclined. Uh, I certainly love music, right, though, and my mom, my mom, my poor mom, she um, it was a professional singer. I mean, you know, she just here and there, and um, 
you know, my dad, my Jaja, so Polish, uh, actually owned a bar um, on the West side for a few years. And when she was like 17, 18, she'd be singing there um, in the mm. early sixties. And, uh, and so she loved music and she had music of all genres on just in our life. So I was exposed to jazz and blues and, uh, you know, all kinds of music. Uh, and, and then none of her kids could sing a note or play an instrument. Like we're just, you know, practically tone deaf, unfortunately. Uh, but I really, ex uh, where I kind of got introduced to, especially kind of blues and jazz, uh, was at the music menu, which was in Greek town for, um, you know, it's not a historic place. I mean, it is now, but, uh, you know, it was the early nineties uh, to 2000s, but 2003, uh, four actually, but we, the, I was, you know, thrown out of Davis, um, you know, was play every Wednesday and I would go there and uh, Johnny Bassett and Alberta Adams, these, you know, uh, longtime treasures of Detroit that we just, I could just go on a Tuesday, you know, and, and, and see them perform and RJ Spangler and uh, RJ's Rhythm Rockers and RJ did a lot with, you know, kind of bringing Johnny Bassett and Alberta Adams back to, um, back to the stage around uh, the city and everything too. So that was my kind of education on learned so much about about music and uh, just am amazed always at at what musicians, especially in uh, you know jazz and blues are are able to do because I I certainly can't. <laughs> so it's awesome too that you you but uh, you mentioned that you were uh, learned how to drum as well, which does that help with the appreciation a little bit? A little bit, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, but we do have like um, third man records in town. And yes. if you do have um, a, if you can play records and vinyl, um, they have Tamala records, you yes. know, they have little tastes of um, Detroit music and labels. Um, so yeah, for those that aren't familiar, Tamla Records was the original uh, name of Motown Records before it became Motown. And uh, Barry Gordy wanted to actually apparently name it Tammy uh, Records, but there was already, you know, after that song from a movie of that era, uh, yeah. they settled on Tamla and then uh, became Motown, obviously, just a couple of years after that. But, but yeah, Jack White, uh, who is from Detroit and obviously Third Man Records um, on Canfield there, you know, he's done a lot to... Um, even before coming back to Detroit, uh, you know, to really preserve and reproduce um, a lot of these older records uh, and and really bring, get, put a lot of energy was, is a main part of the energy behind the reinterest in albums and records like that. It is really awesome face. And of course they also are produced records. It's the first new record pressing plant in North America in, uh, in decades there too. It's also very close to our bookstore. So they had, uh, um, next part record press that with different colors or something. Yeah, yeah, and the line was around the corner very early in the morning, and of course it was a sellout. But I was like, wow, going on. Yeah, I I got to um, go to the opening of Third Man Records, which was on Thanksgiving a few years ago now, and um, and but it was also right before the, the day where they released. You know, they were going to release some rare new print you know of an album uh and there were people camped outside like there were tents like on the, on thanksgiving night i was like 
is there an REI store opening? Like I thought it was like a display or something. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's obviously a really big, uh, big market. And so speaking of the, uh, of source booksellers, um, you know, it's such an amazing store. Uh, and tell us a little bit about, cause it's, your mom has been selling books for 40 years plus 30, 31. I guess. 31? Okay. I, I pushed it a little bit too far. <laughs> yeah. So she started just going to events and selling um, books um, and people would um, ask her, you know, can I get this book or, you know, a calendar or whatever. And, and she would get it for them. And then early two thousands um, she moved on cast mm-hmm. on um, where where Cobb's Corner was. Yeah, yeah. Well, where they were, where they are, and where they are again, right? Where Talani Rose. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. So Cobb's is back. And so that's the corner of Cass and Willis. And so um, we were there for 10 and a half years um, with, within, within a collective of women-owned businesses. And we took, you know, the corner filled with books um, for that. And then when the opportunity came, so a building was being built, um, we went over to um, the Canfield side. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's and Canfield. Yeah, we'll show it to folks real quick right here. Yeah, so, so it's Willis just and walking Cass, up the street, really. Right by Flow Boutique, which is an amazing uh, yeah. long-time business as well. So this yeah. is actually really cool. We're going to go put the little Google uh, guy here. This is how we do um, some of our, of course, it's not working very well, um, some of our virtual tours. So you can see Cobb's Corner is here. Uh, again, a lot of people don't realize that it was there and then left, but check this out. Let's go back to what you're talking about uh, when it was the Spiral Collective and look, Source Booksellers. Yes. Uh, this is, we can go back in time on Google Street View, which is kind of cool. Also, if we look for those that have not been around Detroit very long, uh, you might not remember what was or what wasn't uh, on this side of the street where yeah. the, um, now we have, uh, you know, in about 2015, uh, 2014, uh, they built this new building uh, and with, um, uh, residential and and retail and um, I, I remember thinking how it was really cool that they um, it's called the Auburn <clears throat> that they uh, work to get local businesses in these retail spaces so that it wasn't just like let's get a AT&T or you know but you had Hue uh, and then of course uh, source booksellers which you guys will move up to t- today uh, and you can see yeah you're right here yep we're just missing our um for the time being our sit on it detroit benches yes uh well and kyle bartell who is one of the sit on it detroit guys was a longtime tour guide for us uh, at, at detroit experience factory too yeah so. he's, he's keeping them safe for us that's good that's good um yeah so that's uh source booksellers uh, so uh so then you moved over there into the auburn Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so when did, what, where was the timeline when you came back, you were still over in, uh, sharing the space when you started to get involved in the, uh, do more with the store? I think mm, after 2013, probably. Yeah, so right around the move. Yeah. Time, yeah. Uh, and, and it so- turned into, of course, the, the 
pandemic was like, okay, this is just what I'm doing. <laughs> right. No, because it's the not. team of two. So, and we're a, a nonfiction niche um, yeah. bookstore. So we have a lot of history. Even the book um, before Motown, mm-hmm. which talks a little bit about the bluebird, which talks a little bit about the blues and um, jazz scene. Um, before Motown. Yeah. I mean, uh, Source Booksellers is uh, so amazing. I mean, and so when you hear, if you guys didn't hear on there, it's a nonfiction only bookstore. So you're not going to go get uh, Harry Potter or the newest, you know, uh, Tom Clancy or something like that. (laughs) It is, uh, but uh, that is actually makes nonfiction more exciting for some, you know, like you, you pick the most amazing books, uh, you know, the book. So you, you know, I highly recommend people can call or go in with a mask. Um, but you know, you can talk Allison and Janet, I've, you know, had them be able to recommend so many great things. They have children's books. Uh, maybe the only kind of part, maybe you call that, we'll call those fiction. No, <laughs> the okay. little, the little, I mean, I'm just, but, um, but yeah, they have great uh, children's books, um, board books, uh, you know, all the way up. Um, they have a whole, uh, I love your kind of Detroit local section, right. That, you know, that has Detroit, Michigan writers and, and stories. I probably um, have gotten most of my books um, from you guys uh, and, mm-hmm. Um, and you also have events go on too. So before in per- before COVID in person uh, events, which I think is really great that it's not, you know, like, oh, here we're just a bookstore. It's really a community space and community gathering place. <clears throat> uh, talk a little bit <clears throat> about some of those events that maybe that you had before and how you've uh, switched now uh, to having to do some things online. Okay, well, we... Um... At times we would host local um, authors um, to talk about their books. And we would also have national authors come in and talk, especially if they were talking about Detroit. Um, so we had Taya Miles um, launch her Dawn of Detroit book. Um, and you can see that on like the C-SPAN uh, because they were there sort of filming it. Um, and we also have conversations, so it doesn't require an author. It's just something that um, we want to talk about. And um, we did have exercise in the morning, like yoga in the chair and things like that. Um, so that will return when, when, when normal returns. But right now we are um, doing Zoom um, virtual events. And on our Eventbrite, you can find um, all of our events. We have a really cool story time coming up called In My Mosque um, on March 27th. And so um, we're just looking for interesting, you know, things to um, present to our community, our online community and our local community. Yeah. Uh, and so on this website, um, which I'll pull up here too for source booksellers, you have, um, uh, so the store is currently um, back open for limited, um, limited masked, obviously shopping. But I love that you have all these other resources here on your site as well from uh, book reviews. And this is like the, the happenings in the gallery you were talking about. And so people can also um, uh, order, so they can order online from through source, right? If they, if they can't come in person, right? So the online is sourcebooksellersonline.com. Okay. And is that, um, can we, if you that, click store? Yeah. So then you can see that there and you can and, click here. Got it. It says here. Yep. Okay. 
and then we'll we'll hope it comes up. There we go. <laughs> well, and also, even if you're not, if people aren't sure, um, you know, if you you're not sure what book, some people know what book they want, but some people don't, right? And I think that's what Amazon doesn't, you know, they can't do that. They can't say, this is an amazing, I mean, yeah, you can read some reviews that you may or may not believe that people are bought the book and read it. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, just amazing. I mean, it's like having, and that was kind of how your mom started, right? Was basically that friend that knew all the great books, right? And that yeah. was then people were like, oh, can you get a book for me? Can you get a book for me? Um, I don't know if, the, you know, if there's, uh, is there a, is it just being a book expert? Like I know with people who um, know cheese, they're called cheese mongers, right? Like yes. <laughs> book mongers, uh, but it really is a, a skill and something that is lost when uh, just, uh, you know, getting it from, you know, an Amazon type of place, uh, mm -hmm. but to really, you know, and also have access to these events, um, both virtual and in person that talk with the authors um, and all of the, the knowledge that you guys have and um, bring to the table about certainly the books but also Detroit in general and uh I've definitely had some amazing conversations along the way um where if you know can you tell me a little bit about um what did your mom do before uh that's something like I always hear about like the bookstore part and then I just realize I yeah. don't know that much about before the 31 years because she's a couple of years older than 31. <laughs> Yes. So she spent 40, 41 years in um, Detroit Public Schools. Okay. She had several different positions um, from speech pathologist to teacher to administrator. So yeah. So then it's uh, kind of a, a natural kind of her retirement gig, who, but who knew it would be like, uh, such a, a probably big undertaking, though. I definitely know owning a small business is no easy task. And then you add no. <laughs> Uh, so that's awesome. Well, so many different things we could talk forever, uh, but uh, we uh, will wrap up I, and I'll ask one final question. Um, what's your call to action for people? What do you want them to go out there and do uh, or you know anything? This is your opportunity. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick two. My mother would say, read three pages a day. So that's a one. Uh, and the second one, I really like that one because sometimes it's daunting. You're like, you got that stack of books on your shelf, and you're like, but three pages a day. I'm gonna actually do that. And so my other call to action is to um, check out the Detroit Sound Conservancy at DetroitSound.org, and if you go to give slash roof you can contribute directly to the roof. And it's very important that we secure the building by getting this roof on here and that we take our stuff out of storage and put it in the Bluebird so we can eventually make it museum-like for our community to come in and view it. Awesome, yes. Uh, so, so is it good, do you want them specifically? So if they go to, it says donate to Detroit Sound, um, mm -hmm. It, do we want specifically to do go to the roof one or is any you know or both how about both both <laughs> does both. it divide it that way um yeah yeah okay so yep. so you can donate uh generally or we can go to the roof part portion raise the roof as you're talking about yeah uh, so there you go so this is specifically okay. for the roof let's get for the, the roof. And I love that it's um, gonna obviously save this huge part of history, but also help the Detroit Sound Conservancy 
save even more history and give that location uh, to to house those items. Um, and then hopefully, you know, cross our fingers one day, you know, it'll be like a museum, right? Yes. <laughs> a whole other conversation though, right? Yeah. Um, well, I'll also uh, follow up by saying, make sure you like uh, Detroit Sound Conservancy and the and Source Booksellers on Facebook and all the social media, follow them, new sign up for newsletters. Uh, this is the time more than ever to support small businesses, to support small orgs, um, if you have that capability. Uh, and, um, and if not, if you don't have the money right now, spread the word, that really, really helps. So that's, so share their pages, share the, uh, donate link uh, to around be really, really helpful uh, and help be a part of saving uh, Detroit music. So uh, thank you so much, Allison, for joining thank us. Uh, I will look forward next to seeing you next time I come in the store to buy some stuff. It's one of my favorite places for presents uh, for people. Uh, and thank you everybody for joining us. Once again, I'm Jeanette Pierce with Detroit Experience Factory and City Institute. You can find us on social media, uh, DetroitExperienceFactory.org website, uh, and join us for one of our virtual tours. Uh, and hopefully we'll be back to in-person uh, tours once this weather gets a little better and, uh, and once we can beat uh, COVID once and for all. Talk soon. Have a great day.